Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here with you today. Good to be here in the presence of the Lord. Know that His Spirit is, is here moving amongst us. Man, that is just such an awesome thought. To know that we can come together and, and be in His presence. Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of John, chapter 5. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father, we come to you this morning. We, oh Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Lord, we didn't deserve it. We still don't deserve it. But God, you give it to us abundantly and freely. And oh, We just thank you, God, for your goodness. Lord, you are so good to us. We just ask that you be with us through the rest of this service today, Lord. We thank you for your presence that's here, and we ask that you just continue to remain with us and, and bless the rest of this service, Father. Lord, we want you to just have your way in everything that's said and done. We, we ask that you would send your anointing. Lord, stir us up today. Lord, we thank you that you're here, but God, we ask for a stirring today. We ask that you would just come and move us. Lord, just stir something in each and every one of us in a way that only you can. Lord, we just ask that you take charge and have your way in the rest of the service, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 2. It says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. <coughs> so this morning I want to talk to you about uh, stirring. We we look at this account of what would happen during this time, and if you go on and read, you'll see that there was a, a man that was not able to get up and go into that pool when that angel would come. So he wanted to be healed. He He had the desire. He just didn't have a way to get there. And there were others that would get up and they would beat him to the punch, so to speak. They, as soon as the angel would come and stir the water, they would rush out and they would get in there and they would be healed of whatever was wrong with them. And you know, it, we don't know how often this angel would come, but it was often enough that people had an expectation of him showing up. And so what I really want to talk to you about today is, is not the fact that people were healed when this angel would come and stir the waters, but I want to talk to you about that stirring and, and what that really represents for us today. We, we often feel the, the Spirit of God move and, and stir us. We, you may even feel that today. But let, let's, 
talk about that pool for a moment. What would have happened if that angel came and stirred that pool, but nobody bothered to go and get in it? There would not have been any healings. You see, there was one man that wanted to get in it, but couldn't, but there were others that wanted to and could and did. But what would have happened if, if nobody would have bothered to care? If they would have saw the angel, they would have saw the stirring of the pool, but they said, well, I just got other things going on right now. That's not really something I'm concerned about. Yes, I've got this ailment, this problem, but I'm not going to bother to go to the pool right now. If that would have been the case, then we wouldn't have had uh, the account of this happening. There would have been no reason to point out that this angel went and stirred waters, but nothing happened. The reason why we have the account is because somebody did. Somebody moved. Somebody uh, saw what was taking place and said, Hey, I want God to move in my life. And they acted on it. Do you ever sense that the Holy Spirit is trying to stir you up? He's trying to do something in you. And, and I want to ask you that question today. Is there, is there ever any resistance in you that says, mm, eh, I don't know. Maybe you're like that lame man where, where you know the stirring is happening, but there's just something that doesn't allow you to get up and go get in the pool. And I think you know I'm speaking in a spiritual sense today, not physically. Paul also instructed Timothy about stirring something. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul is writing to Timothy. You know, Timothy was, was a pastor, and he was kind of a protege of Paul. Paul kind of took him under his wing and just kind of instructed him and trained him and and give, gave him advice and shared wisdom with him. And so he's, he's writing this letter to Timothy, and, and he, man, right off the bat in the first chapter, he tells him something. In verse 6 he says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. But I don't want to stop there. I want to share a few more verses from this with you because I believe this will help us to understand what God is trying to say to us today. It's one thing to stir up the gift of God. And I want you all to be, understand that I am not talking today about an emotional high. We can all kind of, kind of work, us up, work ourselves up into a tizzy for a little while, right? That's not what I'm talking about. He says... I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So now let's go back and see what he's talking about there. 
He says, Timothy, I'm going to remind you of something. This means he's already told him before. Timothy already had knowledge that this was something that he could do. He said, I'm just going to remind you. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. And he goes on and elaborates on why that's such a big deal. Why is that important? Well, Timothy, you're not supposed to have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Why? So that you can testify of the goodness of God. So that you go around, you're not worried about the suffering you may encounter. You're not worried about the way people might think about you. But you know that God has put a gift in you for a purpose, for a reason that you would go and tell of His goodness. There is a gift of God that He puts in each and every one of us. You've you've got to know this today, child of God. You've got to seek out what it is God wants to gift you with. We're not called out of darkness into His marvelous light so that we can just consume all of His goodness for ourselves. But there must be a stirring. Paul reminded Timothy he didn't have to wait around on somebody else. And you hear me today. Don't you wait around on me. Don't you wait around on that that one person that you know that somehow they seem to have this this really good way of getting a hold of God. Don't, Don't wait around on that person. Don't wait around on an event a special revival event that all of a sudden everything comes together just right and we're going to see God move. Don't wait around on something else or somebody else, but stir up the gift of God in yourself. Man, that's good to know, y'all. I don't want you leaving here hopeless and, and beat down. I want you leaving here knowing that you can stir up the gift of God that is in you. How do I know that's possible? Well, first of all, I see it written here. But second of all, I know that God wants to stir in me. And so if He's not stirring me up, it's not Him, it's me. And so I can get out of the way and allow that stirring to take place. And I know you're starting to maybe wonder why I keep using that word so much. But I want you to hear me today that that there needs to be a changing in us. When you think about that pull that that angel would come and stir up, what was, what was it? it? It meant that the water was disturbed. What does water want to do when nothing acts upon it? It goes stagnant. It levels off. You see nothing happening. But then when something acts upon it, it moves. It changes from its natural state into something different. It begins to move around. You'll see ripples. You'll see bubbles. You'll see boiling. You'll see waves. You'll see all sorts of things take place when something acts upon it. And y'all, I'm here today to, to tell you that a stirring taking place in you means that you've allowed the Holy Spirit to act upon you. You've got out of a frozen state and you've allowed Him to move you and change you and disturb you. You you need to be disturbed by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It means you need to get out of your natural state, the way that you in the flesh want to return to, and allow Him to move you into something different. 
we should not stay the same. I don't need God to stay the same. I need God to do different. <laughs> Does everybody understand me? I could stay the same without God. No, I need God to stir me. I need Him to, to shake me. I need Him to move me and disturb my natural state. My Sometimes you might even think my peaceful state, right? We, we think sometimes that that natural state of not moving is, is a place of peace, and it's a lie. That natural state of not moving is, is comfort and apathy. That's what that is. That natural state is the one that says, I don't want anything to change me. I want to just not do anything. If we go to a uh, sporting event or a concert, we have an expectation of seeing something. Think about that for a moment. You've probably been to a baseball game or a concert or a rodeo or a monster truck event or something. I mean, you've been somewhere. You bought tickets and you went and you, there was an expectation in you that I'm going and I'm going to see something that's not normal. Because I can sit at home and stare at a wall and not see anything. So I have made this additional effort. Y'all just hang on now. I've made this additional effort. I've took these extra steps. I'm going to go do something different. And I have an expectation in me to see something when I get there. You, you probably even have an expectation that at some point in this event, you might cheer or feel excited. Right? When I... Went to watch Caleb's baseball game a few weeks back. I, I, I man, I'm hoping we're gonna cheer. Right? I'm hoping we're gonna be excited and not not over there beat down and downtrodden. I, I'm hoping we're gonna be jumping up out of our seats and cheering these boys on and and be excited about what is taking place on the field. Now, you may not think that about baseball. There might be something else that tickles your fancy, but whatever it is, there was, a, there was some worldly event that in your life you looked forward to, and when you got there, you were excited, and you, you began to cheer, and you might have jumped and hollered and yelled and, and jumped around and, and grabbed somebody and shook them. You could say that... Something like that is you stirring yourself up. You get what I'm saying? So this, this, this concept is not a big stretch of the imagination. This is not so far out of the ordinary that we can't understand what it means to be stirred up. And I just challenge you today that we need to live the same way in our relationship with the Lord that we are living in anticipation of what we're going to experience. Man, come on, y'all. You hear me this morning. I want to live my walk with God in a way that says, I can't wait to see what He's going to do, man. I can't wait until this happens. I can't wait until I encounter this person that needs to hear about Jesus. I can't wait. 
Paul said, Timothy, stir up that gift of God that's in you. There's work to be done. Oh, man, it's so easy to get complacent and lazy. Apathetic. We need to stir ourselves up. Look out for what God's going to do. Paul was instructing Timothy to stir up that gift that's in him. Those gifts are to be used to bring glory to God and to grow His kingdom. Think about that. If that's what they're for, and they're not active, what's happening? You're not bringing glory to God. You're not growing His kingdom. Man, that kind of hits home for me. I don't know about you. I've got gifts God's given me. Are they laying dormant? If they are, I'm not bringing glory to God. I'm not growing His kingdom. I was gifted for a purpose. Come on, let's read this one more time. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. How many of y'all said in fear sometimes? Come on, don't lie. How many of you said in fear sometimes? He's not giving us a spirit of fear. That, that fear that comes upon us, well, no matter what it may be, I'm not talking about you're afraid you have to have a car wreck. I'm not talking about that fight, fight or flight thing that kicks in. I'm talking about sitting around worrying and afraid of what somebody might think, what somebody might say, what somebody's going to... Think about you and perceive who you are and, and call you whatever they're going to call you. Fear. Just living in fear that the devil has power over you somehow. Living in fear that, that there's nothing you can do and you sit and worry about it. Does anybody ever have that? Come on now. God has not given us a spirit of fear. The Word tells us that all power and authority has been given to Jesus Christ. Our King. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Mm. It's easy to say. And I would challenge you that if the gifts of God are stirred up in you it's easy to do <laughs> but if they're not mm, it's tough because when they're not stirred up what happens that spirit of fear will creep in y'all I don't have power of my own and this is where the devil tricks us and fools us we, we begin to believe, okay, we're, we're running strong, we're, we're empowered, and we begin to depend upon ourselves. We begin to trust in our own power, and even though the Word tells us, trust not in your own strength, but lean on Him in all your ways acknowledge Him. Don't trust your own strength. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. But share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. 
How many of y'all choose suffering? Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Have you thought lately, like, have you thought about the work that God did in you when he saved you? I challenge you this week to spend some time just, just meditating on that. Do you remember? Do you remember what you were before he got a hold of you? He saved us. Not just that. That in itself was enough. He saved us and he called us with a holy calling. Y'all, do you understand? And see, I really believe that we miss this today because we, in a lot of ways in our society, have lost sight of positional authority and the respect that goes along with that. How many of y'all have respect for the president? Not many. Do you respect that position, no matter who's in it? You should. He has authority. He's been given power and authority. So let's translate that over into spiritual things now. <laughs> it just it hits me hard every time I think about this. The God, not a God, the only God, the one that has all power, all authority, saved me and called me into service. I don't deserve that. Someone of such great power and authority and position chose me to serve him. Not as some slave or some, some just uh, tool that he can just do with as he wants to. That's not, he could, he don't do that though. I want him to just use me. I want just, just use me however you want to, God. But he chooses to, on top of that, call me his child. He gives me a place, a position. He gives me, under his authority, authority. I have a right to call upon his name and use his name and his power. I want you to think about this now. You, as a child of God, represent the king of all kings. When people say, are you a Christian? And you say, yes, you are saying, I represent Jesus Christ, the one that has all power and authority. I come in His name. What? He, he lets us do that, and he, he calls us with a holy calling. And He's made us priest. He's given us a position of priesthood. That we can turn in turn reach people for his kingdom, that they can be saved 
Because we represent His power, His authority. We, we are a, a personification of what He can do for you. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. Don't allow it to go dark and dormant. Don't allow it to just be stagnant. Stir it up. Man, we are called to this, y'all. We're called to this. What are you called to, church? Are you excited about anything? Do, do you allow God to move you? The Holy Spirit begins to just hit you right in the back of the stomach all the time. And if He don't, you need to come to the altar and find Him today. He'll start nudging you. Do it. Do it. Sing a little louder. Talk to that person. You need to pray for them right now. Use that gift. Use it. Use it. How many of you know what the gifts are? I'm not going to go through them today. That's your homework. What has He gifted you with? I want you to just take a moment. Listen, if you don't know a, a gift that He's given you, I, I, oh man, I encourage you and challenge you to begin to seek His face and say, Father, I want whatever you got for me. I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to be gifted in whatever way you want to give me so that I can bring honor and glory to your name, so that I can be used to grow the kingdom of God. He saved you. Don't you want others to be saved? Don't you want to see others that have been newly saved growing in what God has for them? then we've got to, as a church body and individually, stir up the gifts that God has given us. He didn't give them to us for, for them to just sit and look at on a shelf and say, man, look at that, isn't that pretty? He didn't give us gifts to, to just be admired and, and treasured and tucked away and saying, this, this is my little, little pretty thing that I just want to hold on to. Over there at the house in my gun cabinet, I have a jar. <clears throat> Actually, I think it's sitting on top of my gun cabinet now. I have a jar, a little mason jar. <clears throat> and it's got uh, a lot of coins in it. Some of them I have absolutely no idea where I got them at. Just thought they were kind of cool. Probably have no value whatsoever. But it was unique. It was something I didn't see often. One of them, in fact, a few years back, they started making quarters that had all the states on them and stuff. And I saved one that had, it was Texas State. I love Texas. It has no value. 25 cents, that's what it's worth. But then I've got some that I know exactly where they came from. I know exactly when I got them. Now, I'm terrible with dates. Don't hold me to none of that. But I remember getting them is what I'm trying to say. I've got one that's an it's a ounce of silver. My brother David Barkley gave it to me when I was young. I know, that was a long time ago. It's a full ounce of silver, and it's wrapped up in this little tissue, like Kleenex, you know? And every now and then I'll go in there and I'll pull that thing out and and I'll unwrap it and look at it and 
and I'll wipe it back off because I don't want the oil of my fingers all over it and everything. And I just, man, that is so cool. And then every now and then I'll think, I, mean, I wonder what an ounce of silver's worth. And I'll go look at it. And I'm like, yeah, it ain't worth that much. Hang on. I'll keep it. But this is, it's this little thing to me that has value. Ounce of silver is not worth a whole lot, but it's worth more than 25 cents. It's worth more than a dollar. But that thing is worth so much more to me just because. I keep it in there. And it's something to me that's kind of precious, you know. But y'all, that thing has no benefit to anybody. The only benefit that is gained from it is when I decide I want to go in there and look at it. And I'll look at it, and oh, that's neat, and I'll wrap it back up, and I'll put it back in that jar and screw the lid on it. It ain't doing nobody no good. It's not helping nobody in any way. It's not paying bills. It's not doing anything. It was designed for a purpose. Money. And, and I, look, I know many of us today are sitting here, we've... We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. God has gifted us. He's given us these precious things. And, and some of us treat them like those that little silver coin. We wrap it up, we screw the lid on that jar, and we set it in the closet. Every now and then, we'll go pull it out and admire it and look at it and say, oh, man, that was, that was really cool. And we'll put it back. It ain't doing nobody no good. It's not doing what it was made for. It's just some little trinket that we look at and admire. That seems silly, doesn't it? God has called you with a holy calling. I want you to think about that for just a moment. I want you to really let that sink in. If God called you, don't you think you had a reason? If God has put a purpose in you, He wants you to do something with it. If God has gifted you with something, you need to use that. This isn't about an emotional experience. It has nothing to do with an emotional experience. Some of those times are great when the Spirit of God begins to move and you see people using the gifts that they've been gifted with, you, you experience that and it is an awesome time. But it's not about that. That's just a benefit. That's a side effect. It's, it's something that just comes with it that's great. That's not the purpose though. You see, the purpose of, of the gifting and the using of the gifts is what? To bring honor and glory to God and to grow the kingdom. And if those things aren't happening, y'all, those gifts are for nothing. He might as well take them and give them to someone else. Somebody that's willing to step out of that comfort zone, be disturbed by God and begin to move and do what He's called you to do. I'd be upset if somebody went and took my coin. I went over there today, and that coin wasn't in the jar. I'd probably say, Caleb. What you been doing with my coin? He'd say, why do you always blame me? 
I'd be upset if it's gone. Think about how crazy this is, y'all. I'd be upset if it was gone. But it ain't done nobody no good. It's this little play pretty I hang on to that's not doing anybody any good, and I'd be upset if it was gone. Would you be upset if the calling and the gifting of God was taken back? I don't know if it all feels the same way as I feel about that coin. I think some of us would be like, wasn't using it anyway. It's not about an emotional experience. You know what it's about? It's about what I owe my king. I owe him. And that owe, that debt, that that's not a debt that I look at begrudgingly I look at that debt and I say oh thank you Lord thank you Lord what can I do for you what can I do to bring honor and glory to your name what can I do to grow your kingdom stir me up Lord I want you to just pray this with me today just bow your heads right now Father stir us up Stir us up, Lord. God, we have been dormant too long. We've been, un- we've been undisturbed too long. I pray right now, God, that you would stir us up. Let there just be a stirring within us, something that we just can't contain. Oh, Lord, we praise you.